You're listening to the Fanboy Garage Podcast. And welcome to the Fanboy Garage. I'm Chris Losanti, joined by my co-hosts, Vanana. Hi, hi, hi. And Aaron Varola. Yo, what's up, folks? Welcome to episode 112 of the Fanboy Garage. Hope you guys all had a great break. Um, sorry we didn't have an episode for you guys, but... Technical difficulties do happen once in a while, once in a blue moon, um, but we are back with you guys this week for episode 112. Um, gives us a lot more to talk about, so there's been some movement in the theater stuff in terms of box office results. DC fandom may or may not have happened this past weekend. Uh, the Batman gets coronavirus, and I guess uh, production's expected to pick up. We got Wonder Woman, 1984, Dates, The Mandalorian. We got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about, um, but we'll get started with the box office like we used to. Yeah, well, kind of, anyway. So yeah, it's funny, two things that have, I think, changed in a lot of ways, and I think one will eventually get back to normal, the other I don't think ever will, are like the fact that I, I know personally I don't really follow or care that much about Rotten Tomatoes or box office stuff right now. And obviously box office because there hasn't been one really. And Rotten Tomatoes just because I think they're almost finally going to be irrelevant. Um, I just don't think people care anymore. But uh, it's just fascinating how I, I think back to pre-pandemic. Like the focus on like a Sunday for me would be like reading through all the box office stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, now it's minimal because now we're only really talking about two movies kind of. Uh, unless you want to talk about New Mutants, which I think has pulled in a combined like, I don't, I don't even know if it's done like twenty million worldwide. Um, maybe it has, but uh, Tenant opened two weeks ago, and uh, it had a twenty million dollar domestic opening uh, here, and uh, you know that was decent. You know, if you look at the actual average. Um, it was in like 2,800 screens and it averaged about seven, just over $7,000 per screen, which is, is not terrible. Uh, and I think it projected out if, if it had been on like 4,500 screens or whatever, it would have been like a $32 million opening, Mm -hmm. but that was with 68% of the markets, right? Because, um, like Los Angeles, for instance, and New York city, all of New York state actually, are not still not open. Uh, there are parts of California that that are open, but it did expand actually in week two. It gained a hundred screens, hundred theaters, uh, including Orange mm-hmm. County, California, where it apparently did really well. You know, relative anyway. Um, but again, still not New York. But now it's up to like I think seventy one percent of the country. Uh, is a, and they went up to about twenty nine hundred theaters, which is pretty decent. Uh, mm-hmm. And it pulled in. I th- it, it only dropped like so. If you look at the three day now, last weekend was a holiday, right? So it was a four day weekend. Right. If you look at the Friday, so it's a matter of semantics because I've seen people say, "Oh, it only dropped like twenty nine percent," but that's if you go by Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? So obviously it had a big Monday 
And that's so I, I always don't I never really like to compare three day weekends to four day weekends because I don't think it's apples right. to apples, uh, apples. Yeah, to apples at all. Um, but uh, overall, it, it's I think it's at like twenty nine something million domestic, but it did hit the two hundred million dollar mark worldwide. Uh, and it's made $53 million in China. So, and it apparently IMAX and premium, uh, you know, theater, you know, screens, experiences, whatever are carrying a lot of the weight as we would think, uh, for a movie Mm. like that. So it's, um, it, we'll see. I mean, people are going to see it in Mm -hmm. the markets that they can, uh, certain big markets I saw, Obviously, I mentioned Orange County, California did really well. Um, there was a drive-in in uh, Los Angeles, which is the only thing that can be open there that I think did pretty well. There was a theater in like Fort Lauderdale that was listed in like the top five markets and stuff like that. And and some theaters in New Jersey and Connecticut that are open, which they're calling the New York like metro area type thing. That those mm. it did pretty well in those markets, which is what you would expect. Chicago did pretty well. Um, so I, I actually think that, you know, if theaters were opened all across the country, I think movies would do pretty well because you got to remember too, it's not just about the, how many theaters are open, right? It's about the capacity. Some are at right. 25%, some are at 50%. I mean, nobody's at a hundred percent capacity right now. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's the other thing. So I think all of those things being taken into consideration, uh, that's, these numbers are not discouraging if you're you know, theater chains and if your studios. Uh, mm. And I think it, right. it bodes well for next year. So, well, you know what? Theaters are open here where I am. I'm still in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, I should be back in New York in November, but theaters are open. They just opened here on August 18th, I believe, like somewhere around then. Um, I was trying to get, you know, people to go see Tenet, like my boyfriend and his coworkers and stuff. There is a thing here where you can rent out the whole entire theater for a hundred dollars. Doesn't matter how many people you have. It's just a hundred bucks. You could rent out that spot to watch the movie. So like the entire theater? Yeah, like the entire theater. Just a hundred bucks. Um, I am so, all so I was over like that. I was like, get a few of your coworkers, you know, like we can socially distance ourselves in the theater, you know, if we right. get like ten people, then it's ten dollars a ticket. Um, but they all have kids. So it was like really hard to get that together. And then I told him, I was like, okay, we can't get that together. So how about we just go see like a matinee at like 1 PM or 2 PM. And he's like, if, if you do, he's like, I'm not doing that. He's like, cause I don't want to mix in with other people. I don't know. And he's like, mm-hmm. if you do that, you need to quarantine for like two weeks in the other room. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well that idea's out the window. Wow. Wow. Yeah, he got he got real serious. You. That escalated quickly. That did, right? Yeah, That's amazing. Like, uh-uh, girl. You ain't coming <laughs> back. Let's, let's, place to stay. let's talk more about this $100 thing, because I got to be honest with you, and I don't expect this to happen all over the place, but like, if I had the option for the right movie of plunking down 100 bucks and having an entire theater to myself, the hell with everybody else, I would absolutely do that and sit there by myself and watch that movie. Right? This, even, this okay, is an idea that needs get, to be explored if, further. Yeah, like even if you get five, like let's say you have a family of five. No, I'm thinking me. I'm good. I don't. <laughs> I I don't give hell with the family. No offense to anybody, but I would absolutely plunk down a hundred bucks, 
to have an entire theater to myself. This solves all of my issues because now <laughs> I get to have the theater experience and get to watch the movie in the comfort of just just having just me, not have to worry about anybody else. Like, what a fantastic idea. That seems to be, and I'm not going to give anybody ideas, but that seems like 100 bucks, almost cheap for that experience. Yeah, it definitely does. $100 for an entire theater? Yeah. That's wicked cheap. That's like bananas. Yeah, yeah. So like that's why that's why we were trying to get like ten people. So it's like ten dollars a ticket, which is kind of typical here because we're 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 not in a big city in Texas. You know, we're like in a smaller town in New York City. You're gonna see like the high ticket prices, right? Like fifteen dollars. So like ten dollars is not bad. Even if you do have only like let's say five people and you each pay twenty bucks, I think in the environment it kind of like I would pay twenty bucks and then bring your own snacks. You know, in like your purse. You need to eat snacks, man. I'd have that whole thing catered. Yes. <laughs> oh, you guys you know are so saying? fancy. Yeah. I'd be like, what? Is it bring your own booze too? I'd be like, I'd, I'd make my own bar. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, like just make your girlfriend or your wife put it in her bag. That's how I do it. You know, just put yeah, it in your bag. If you're, if you're, if you're, if they're allowing you to rent out the whole thing, I'd be like, I'm just gonna bring in whatever I want. Right, because it's yeah space for yeah. the so movie. Tenant, we tried. I just uh, I couldn't get it done. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm gonna see that. I want to see how quick it goes to uh, VOD. Yeah, that's the key. Mm, can't wait for that. Yeah, because I check. I would check that out in a heartbeat. I yeah. do want to see it. I'm sure a lot of oh, people. Oh, I want to see it so bad. And I hear yeah. from what I hear, it's a typical Christopher Nolan film. Like half the people left saying, "What the hell was that?" and half the people left saying, "I like I liked it," <laughs> which seems yeah. to be about right these days, right? And unless you're talking about Batman, well, that's yeah, that was kind of a different animal altogether. But uh, yeah, so I, it will be interesting to see how quickly it comes out because obviously Warner Brothers is just the one studio, for at least to this point, that is really holding out and going theatrical, right? They they clearly want no part of um rolling their movies out straight to VOD. So they're hanging in there and Tenet has been their first experiment and uh, we're going to talk about Mulan in a bit but while we're on this topic uh Warner Brothers clearly does not have a lot of interest <sighs> in trying to release their movies straight to VOD because Wonder Woman 84 which is set to was set to come out October 2nd and, uh, you know, we've wondered, no pun intended, in the past about, you know, would this go to VOD? Would they actually try to do all theatrical with it? Well, I think we got our answer as they've moved the date from October 2nd to Christmas Day, December 25th, 2020 is the new release date for Wonder Woman 84. Uh, crazy. Yeah, hoping that I guess by then theaters, and they probably will be open all around the country. I mean, uh, you know, you hope. You sure. Hope. Yeah. Oh, gosh. And we, we, we text about it. I just think that that movie's boneheaded. First of all, it's like the fourth time they've moved the movie. Yep. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, you're, they're just chasing, they're playing a game of chicken, really. And I, I, I don't know if that's going to work in, the, in their favor. I get the need for people to go to the theater. Like, Banana, you, you brought it up. Like, oh, a lot of people go to the movies on Christmas. And I get it. Yeah, they, they do. But, like, I feel like this whole year is so different. I, I don't know if you can bank on that. 
You know what I mean? Like a lot of people have not seen their family either. And so is that going to be a time where they're going to want to just spend, you know, like really catching up with people like in person versus like, let's go to a theater where we're not talking to each other. We can't even sit next to each other type of thing. Well, I feel like, so I know, for example, my boyfriend's family, they have a tradition where they go see a movie or maybe two, you know, if they can sneak into a second one um, on Christmas Day. How dare they? I know, right? So to me, I feel like a lot of people, because this is one of those movies that a lot of people are looking forward to, like it's not a Mulan and it's not a Tenant. I think it's like on a higher pedestal than that. Um, I think if it stays in theaters and if theaters are open, especially let's say in New York or Los Angeles, um, then I think we will get a pretty good turnout. Although, you know, you're going to have people that definitely don't want to go see it. Um, but then yeah, maybe they just don't care about it that much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that tenant it's the early returns on tenant, I think have empowered the studio a little bit because like we said before um while it's hard to compare it's hard to really digest the numbers um and we all expected them to be down you know relative to what they would have been in a normal time but i think under the circumstances i think the numbers were encouraging enough for them to say hey you know what there still is a need and a a want for people to go to the movie theater so the mm-hmm. whole idea that that's a dead concept is is premature. So right, we have so. this huge film, you know, Wonder Woman 84, you know, like Vanana said, it's it's bigger than Tenet. It's bigger than Mulan. You know, it's, it was going to be one of the biggest films of this year regardless. So let's put it on, you know, Christmas Day, which is, you know, is a date that, you know, people do go to movies and it isn't a big event film. Most of the you know, markets should be opened by that point. We think it'll do really well. And of course, even if it doesn't, which I I think it will, but even if it doesn't do what it normally would have done, right, in a regular time, I mean, it would have been a billion-dollar film, I think, regardless. Um, Right. You know, we'll still be able to release it, you know, on video on demand. You know, if it's it's not doing well, we could release it on video on demand within a, a couple of months. You know, I think they're taking that tactic. Uh, mm. It may, be, may not be the worst thing in the world. I mean, you know, eventually these studios have to figure out what their future is. And so just like some studios have chosen to go, you know, experiment with the VOD thing right now, Warner Brothers right. is taking the opposite approach. They're still experimenting with the theater concept, saying, well, let's see what the market is still for movie theaters. Uh, if we can get people to go to a theater during a pandemic, then, you know, we may be okay going forward. Um, so let me let me ask you guys, Chris and Aaron, because you guys have been not that open to going to theaters to see a film, understandably so. Would you go see Wonder Woman 84 in theaters on Christmas? Hell no. No, still no. Hell no. Chris? I I wouldn't go on Christmas Day just because – or Christmas Eve just because it's it's a holiday. And I think like Aaron said, you know, this is one of those years where it's like people have been separated from family and whatnot for a while. So I don't see my – I've never actually – 
I mean, I have to think back, but I've never actually gone to a movie on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve. Um, mm. You know, those have always been big holidays, uh, you know, for me. So we've never, uh, I've never done that before. But, you know, would I go to see it in a theater during that week? Um, you know, probably, you know, if I get to like an early showing where I, I don't think the theater would be particularly crowded uh, whatever crowded would, will mean, you know, at that point. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I probably would because this is the one movie that I I really, really want to see this year. Um, I mean, yeah. Christmas, just for reference, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Christmas Eve is a Thursday. Christmas Day is a Friday. Um, so, you know, you still have the Saturday and the Sunday if you want, like the Sunday to go see it. I think that, uh, you know, I, I think I probably will, but I, I don't know. I'd have to see what things are like yeah, as it gets say, closer. It depends on, like, the other thing, too, is because it's such a hot film, I don't, you know, the ch- first of all, the chances of you getting in, if, if it's really, if it's that hot and they're still doing, you know, um, reduced capacity in the theaters, are you going to have to wait? for a long time to get it or they're just going to do like this is a Wonder Woman theater literally every theater yeah. is showing Wonder Woman and that's how they're going to recoup their money it's possible. right yep. so every every, every sp- but then but then you know is that the, I don't know what the capacity thing is like I don't know if it's the entire theater that has to be at a particular capacity or if it's each each theater I would think it's the room. auditorium itself that probably would be <clears throat> whatever the capacity limit is yeah so 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 there's the like the the fight to get the ticket, but then there's like the knowing that there's so many people that that kind of makes me uncomfortable. Like being in a space, thinking that the whole place would actually be packed, right? Like packed to yeah. packed to its new capacity max. I'd say yeah, that makes me uncomfortable. And I I mean may, maybe an early showing would be good, but then I'm like, why would I? Like I I I really want to see Wonder Woman, but like not at the risk of, of getting sick. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that and that sounds that sounds crazy to me because I'm it almost it's like, you know, fear is dominating my ability to live my life. Um, no, it's just that, it's like I don't you know I don't know what the world is gonna look like then, and I also can't I don't trust other human beings. That's I mean that's it right there. Yeah, and the other thing is we've seen how quickly things can change in three months. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so you don't know what's going to happen. So it's really hard to, I mean, you know, if I had to answer the question based on today, if everything stayed just as it is today, would I go at some point that opening weekend to see it? Probably. Although, you know, there's other things and it's not just about the, you know, worrying about getting sick. It's more about like, do I want to sit in a movie theater for two plus hours with a mask on? You know, do I do I want to go to the movies without concessions? Like, I mean, how badly do I really want to see this movie that a lot of the things that I enjoy about going to the theater probably won't be in play. So for me, then it's literally just going to watch a movie. And that's why I, I really think that. Um streaming should be an option for all of these films because if you're gonna if you're gonna have to go to see the movie with a mask on if you're gonna have to you know have your distance and if you're gonna not have concessions and all that stuff then you're literally just basically 
people are just there to watch the movie. There's no other experience at that point. You're not there to mingle. You're not there to interact with people, right? So what what is the point? It's just an exhibition of a film. Let me do that experience at home, you know, where I don't have to wear a mask and I don't have to worry about, you know, keeping distance and I can have my refreshments here and, you know, whatever I want. Like, to me, it just makes all the sense in the world, but we'll see what things are like as it gets closer because I will have to wrestle them with that decision of, you know, is, is that experience worth, is this movie worth that experience for me? Uh, which is not yeah. something that we ever have to think about because usually it's a simple answer. Yes, right? Like I'd be pre-ordering <laughs> my tickets probably now if you know if they were yeah. available. But you know what? Like what makes me sad is like once you start this precedence of, you know, let's go on demand and you can watch the movies at home, eventually theaters are going to go out of business because people are just going to get too comfortable. You have an option at home Mm -hmm. and, you know, we're not going to have that experience of going to the movies um, in person, which makes me really sad. So I kind of like that, you know, they're pushing to release movies in theaters still in this environment. You know, I think things are going to get better and we should be hopeful of that. I I am at least I am not going to tell anyone like what else to think, but like I'm very hopeful. And if this movie does come out in December and stays in theaters and it doesn't move dates again, um, (laughs) I will drag my boyfriend to go see it. Mm. I'm just like, we haven't, we haven't gotten there yet. Like, and I I get that States and, you know, specifically New York is on the up, right? Like everything kind of starting to feel Mm. a little looser, you know what I'm saying? But there's the chance, you know, we've also seen how quickly things have flipped here. Um, And how scary it can be and and you know thinking in, into december you, you throw that in with like the flu I, you know I'm, i'd be petrified i'd be legitimately like oh my god someone I, we've talked about this before like someone just coughed like four seats over i gotta get the hell up out this mm-hmm. theater <laughs> yeah you know what i mean or someone decides to like you know, put their balls on the table and take their mask off. I'm not, I'm not you know, I'm not wearing my mask in the theater. Like, I don't want to deal with any of that bullshit. Yeah. yeah. And you know what I'm saying? The hard, thing, rather... the hard thing for me, too, is because I, I mentioned it before. Like, look, I've been going in to work. I haven't been working from home for the most part throughout this entire thing, right? So I've been on trains and public transportation and going into an office and, you know, being in the city and all of that for the most part since... You know, after the first few weeks, right, of the lockdowns. Um, But that's something I had to do, right? Mm -hmm. That's my job. Uh, I have to go to, well, I guess you can get stuff delivered. But like, you know, like you have to go to the grocery store. You have to go to the, you know, your cleaners. You have to go, things like that, right? Um, I haven't done a lot of things that are like sort of unnecessary. Right. Because there just hasn't been a lot of... things to do that are you know not priorities and you know i got to think about my parents you know like do i want to have to worry about you know because i you know you got to be around them 
especially at that time of the year, you know, yeah. uh, is that something? So these are all things that I'm going to be thinking about for the first time because I, I've been able to avoid a lot of like I, while I've been active and I've been out and I've been in, in some situations that are, I guess, not ideal. There's been a legit reason for that. Right. You, you, going Word. to work or yeah. going to the, you know, the store or whatever. Uh, this is the first kind of luxury thing that I would actually probably have to debate doing uh that that i don't have to do uh, and mm-hmm. especially at mm-hmm. that time where you are going to be around family you know and you are right, going to be right. around yeah, yeah, friends yeah. Stuff like that like that's mm-hmm. the thing that would really make me think because again it's not so much about fear of of getting sick it's just the how much how angry would i be at myself if i did go and got sick and then put other people you know at risk yeah. and stuff like right. that like it's well, all well, of that. well listen like you know, obviously, I wouldn't go to the movies during the peak of the coronavirus in New York City when we had like a thousand people dying every day, you know. But mm-hmm. if in December the rates are still zero percent or less than one percent and we went like, you know, 10 days without like anyone dying or getting infected, then you have to say the odds are in your favor. Sort of, you know. Of the- but then here's the thing. So it's during the holidays. I was just thinking about this while Chris was talking. College kids come back from God knows where. Right? They come back. They spend time with their family. And they come back home. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, you know, he just has a cold. Blah, blah, blah. Or he's asymptomatic. And then you got an entire family going to the theater. Right? Because they're doing their thing. And you've just now exposed people to, you know, potentially being sick like that. I mean, that's literally how quickly it could probably happen. Sure. And And we also you're still going to be in the middle of flu season. Right. Which is a game changer. And you're going to be in the winter where, as we know, these things spread much easier. Uh, So we don't. Yeah. Well, and right. There may or may not be a vaccine. There probably will be one, but not. not, Well, there won't be one that's readily available. Let's put it that way. Right. I'm not going to take I'm not going to take the first iteration of that either. Well, but a lot of people that are going to be like, I'm not going to take that until I know like other people haven't adversely been affected by it. You know, it's been developed in such a short time. Yeah. And all of that is is really just. I mean, even put that aside for a second, just the timing of it, like we don't know. I think to say that like here in New York, we'll be in the same position in at Christmas uh, as we are now, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yes. And if that's the it's case, like- great. Then let's yes. do whatever we have to do. But I think, you know, and that's why I say it's hard to think about what things would be like in three months because right. we don't know what things are going to be like. We hope you know, that things would be at least the same, if not better than they are now. But there are a lot of factors that tell you that it, it's possible that it, it may not be like that. We, you know, yeah. flu season, winter, like Aaron said, kids coming home from school, from college, families gathering, right, for the holidays. Yeah. Uh, all of these variables that we really haven't had to deal with much during the summer. Uh, so we'll see. There's a lot yeah, of stuff to think about. More people are indoors more, which oh, is God. ironically being indoors is actually worse, right? Uh, which is mm-hmm. funny um, that we were locked up, right, for all that time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it turns out that being indoors is actually worse for this type of thing. But yeah, so there's a lot of factors here. Um, and and we're really, it's really going to, I think, come down to, I think by Thanksgiving, 
you know, we'll probably yep. have an idea of what we're looking at. And, yeah. you know, who knows? I mean, the thing is, though, like Aaron said, you know, Warner Brothers is, while they probably are encouraged by what's happening with Tenet, uh, they are playing with a little bit of fire here because, yep. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen and there is a chance that if things are bad, for, let's, I'm not even saying that we have to shut things down again because I don't even want to think about that. But even if things are just bad, like if the rates are up, not necessarily up to like a catastrophic level, but even if they're up, like you really are risking, you know, leaving a lot of money on the table at that point. And I, I don't know. I, I look, I selfishly, I would have preferred if they stuck to the October 2nd and did a, a hybrid release, you know, on demand and in theaters. But I get it. They they need to maximize their investment. I understand that. Um, they're trying this out. It's different than what a lot of other studios are doing. And we'll see. I mean, maybe they hit the jackpot. You know, maybe they do. Maybe they get lucky and everything falls into place for them. You know, uh, mm-hmm. maybe the the rates stay low. Maybe, you know, things improve, you know, vaccine is out, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. Maybe they wind up getting 100% of the theaters are open and people are going there to just get a getaway and to, you know, have a nice holiday weekend. That would be great for them. But it would have been, I would hope they have a plan B. Yeah. That doesn't involve, you know, Wonder Woman 84, March 2021. You know, like, I don't want that to be your plan. Jim, I just but. think any movie that thought they were going to be released this year just needs to move it to 2021. But you're right, though, because they have to try, you know, and they have to come up with a strategy and they have to continue committing to the project and, and try to make the best of it, you know, and, and who knows what's going to happen in 2021 the same way who knows what's going to happen three months from now. So yeah, December 25th, I think is a good date. You know, it's a Friday, so it's right before the weekend. It's a holiday weekend. Um, hopefully everything works out. We shall see. Yeah. I don't, I mean, in that date, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Like, I, I, I mean, I, I even if, there was uh, there wasn't this pandemic. I wouldn't be going to the theater on Christmas Day. Right. Well, no that's way. the other thing. I mean, I, I agree. I'm the same way. Like I've like I said, I've never gone to a movie on Christmas Eve yeah. or Christmas Day. Now, or but even that doesn't on Christmas Eve. There's but, no way. I'm right. Going. It's actually crazy. You have to get. You, you don't understand how many people go to the movies on Christmas oh, I Day. Know. Yeah. We've we've had to drive to like four different theaters. Um, one year sold out. I think like there was one year where like Star Wars came out on Christmas. If I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. there there was like a big movie that came out on, yeah, on no, Christmas no, no, Day right. weekend. It I is, can't remember. It was it Star Wars? I think it was like one of the Star Wars movies or it was like something else that no, was like was, really it was, big. It was Star Wars. It was, so right? It was like the December. Yeah. Like the, the second, the second week. They would, they would never did it on Christmas, like on, on like Christmas might... Day weekend, but they would have done it like uh, like a week week or two before. Yeah, like it was like around that time, but then on Christmas Day, like people are off, you know, people want to take their kids, kids are like, you know, off and like whatever. We had to drive to four different theaters because everywhere it was like lines, things were sold out, you know, like it's hard to go see a movie on Christmas. I don't recommend it. (laughs) But if it's a tradition, 
then you follow tradition because you don't want to go that year without doing your tradition, right? So you just like suck it up and do it anyway. You stand on the lines. You try and get the tickets. Um, people will be scalping tickets, you know, for like double outside the theater. It's crazy. Yeah. It's madness. But I don't think that's going to happen, you know, this Christmas. I think I think a lot of people are going to have the same reservations, you know, for example, as like you, Aaron. You know what I mean? It's like people especially that may have like elderly family members because mm-hmm. they're together they're not they're not gonna want to risk it on like just some stupid outing to go see a movie that's not essential or necessary you know sure. yeah yeah just to uh for reference the closest star wars film that has been the closest any star wars film has ever come to being released on christmas was the last one star wars, rise of skywalker was released on december 18th which is exactly a week before christmas um Last Jedi, December 13th, Force Awakens, December 15th, and Rogue One was December 14th. Oh, they're all December. Yeah. So, and prior to that, it was obviously always a May thing. So, right, uh, right. Yeah, but right. I'm, you know, like, that's the thing, though. But see, here's the thing, Aaron, though. You say, like, there's no way you would have gone on Christmas Day regardless. And I agree. Mm-hmm. But. I absolutely would have gone on the The 26th or the 27th, you know, and that's now really where the debate is. So for me, the debate isn't so much about Christmas Day or Christmas Eve. It's just in general. Like, am I going to go see it at all? And let's be real. That thought is not original. Like, there's going to be a lot of people thinking that way. And so and that's that's where my my original, you know, thought came from where it's going to be hard to get tickets. I assume it might be, you know, yeah, it depends on how they sell them and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And who knows if they're going to do pre, you know, pre-sale. It's been a long stuff, time so. since I bought tickets to a movie. So hey, I dude. barely even remember what that experience is like. I'm trying to even remember what the last movie. I know what it was. What was uh birds of prey. Right. In February. Yes. Which seems Man, like it was so a light birds of prey feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah. That movie yeah. feels like it came out three yeah. years ago. I can't even imagine anything that's happened this year almost doesn't feel like it happened. Yeah. Like, that's amazing to me to think that reality. Birds of Prey came out this year. It really is. Right. It's bizarre. Right. Um, yeah. But, yeah, uh, it's just, that's crazy. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I guess they uh, they feel confident in their strategy. I saw a lot of people that were excited about it, excited about the new date. Um. But, you know, the one studio that has experimented with premium video on demand experience was Disney with the release of Mulan. And while they haven't announced any numbers, they we don't expect to get any hard numbers on how it did on uh, premium access on Dis- uh, Disney Plus until probably the November investors call when they mm. would, they would have to release those numbers. Um, you, I've seen some preliminary reports, though, that look positive looks like it did pretty well i know that um there was supposedly a nice bump in disney plus subscriptions right around the time that the movie came out so that's encouraging um but the film did release in theaters uh overseas and uh, it opened in china it did 23 million dollar opening weekend I think it was $23 million opening weekend Yeah, in China. just about. Yeah. So uh, Mulan is, uh, yeah, 
I okay, guys. I have so much to say about Mulan. Do you want me to start? Yeah, I was like, go for it. Sure. <laughs> okay. First of all, I don't know why. If there is anyone that's surprised that Mulan only did twenty something million in China. Like, there is really no surprise there. I've been saying from the beginning, me, as a Chinese person, uh, I think even though I'm mixed, I identify more as Asian, I would have loved to see the movie in Chinese, you know? Like, and I don't mind that Disney did it in English because it's for a different audience. And... They had to do it in English, and it's a little bit like kind of like PG 13 in a sense. You know what I mean? It, it mm-hmm. like they did it to appeal to a lot of people and to kids because this is like a Disney princess, and, and a lot of kids like grew up watching Mulan the cartoon. So I understand why they did it that way. Didn't expect for them to make like a serious film and turn it into Chinese, but like you have to understand, like Chinese audiences are not going to go for that. They didn't grow up with Disney. They didn't grow up with Disney princesses. It's not in their culture. You know what I mean? Like, there is nothing about that film that really anyone is going to want to, like, die to see except for the actress who's from China. I mean, the other actors that are in it are, well, Donnie Yen, but, like, some of the other actors that are in it are, like, also well-known, like, Asian actors in the United States or they're like up and coming like or they've been in like some stuff before but like they're from like you know California or like New York for example you know mm-hmm. so that movie is not gonna play well in China I mean it's just very obvious to me I don't know if it's obvious to you guys but it's very obvious to me just like crazy rich Asians like my mom hated that movie she's like we don't mm-hmm. fold dumplings in Singapore because they did not get Singaporean culture right at all whatsoever. Mm. Wrong. It was wrong in like so many respects. However, I knew for Asian Americans here, it meant a big deal. It just doesn't in China because it doesn't have anything to say about representation either because they don't need representation of Asian actors in China. Right. right. So they, the novelty they, for them, it, yeah, that that's a good point there because th- that, that concept, is not going to resonate with them. No, uh, it's but not. interestingly enough, though, Disney in general just doesn't really do super well in China. Um, right. You know, in fact, we've even seen it with like the Star Wars films, right? Yeah. That have not done yeah. huge numbers in China. And ironically, um, this movie it did twenty three percent better than Aladdin. You know, which wound up doing really <laughs> well in theaters overall. Um, you know, so, I mean, it's, this is not really anything new for Disney with these movies in China. It did around the same as Cinderella and Maleficent, uh, Mistress of Evil. And that's with, um, 91% of theaters open in China at 50% capacity. So obviously we have to take that into consideration as well. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, uh. You know, See, for me, business as usual, kind of for me, with when it comes to Disney, uh, in in that market. Even though I know they were, they it, it says though what I read, they weren't expecting like huge numbers in China from this film, like because that twenty three point two million dollars that it did was it was lower than their expectation, but not like 
by a huge amount. It's not like they were expecting it to do like a $50 million opening weekend and it did half. Um, right, right. You know, and it's a, it's projected to do right now about $15 million less than what Tenant will most likely finish at in China. Um, so whatever, you know, take that for whatever it's worth, I guess, just to throw some yeah, context to I, the numbers. I, I think maybe a lot of Chinese people will go see it just to see how they've interpreted, you know, a classic folktale um, that you might know, you know, growing up in China or as a Chinese person. I can't really speak to that because I didn't grow up with a folktale, let's say, you know, in my background. Um, but I did watch the Disney movies when I was a little girl and then asked my mom about it, you know, and then and then they told me the story. Um, however, I think a huge factor is that it is Disney-fied and that it is in English. Sure. So I'm sure the people watching it there either had it had a subtitled version or a dubbed version. I don't know, actually. I don't know if you guys know if it was subtitled or dubbed. But if it was dubbed, that kind of makes it a little better. But if it was subtitled, like, of course you're going to know. Like, oh, this is like America's idea of what this is. Meanwhile, like we're actually living here and this is our history. You know, it, it's just a little bit disconnected. You're not going to represent mm -hmm. that exactly the right way to people that are actually from that region or that background where that folktale and story has been told for centuries. It's their story. You know, mm. Disney has just taken it and then using it as like a representation thing. But representation, that issue is not an issue in China. Mm. Right. So it, it, it's disconnected in that sense. Not to say like, you know, it's not right or wrong, but it's just like there is a disconnect there. Just I'm comparing it to just like crazy rich Asians. There is a disconnect there, too, because um, Chinese people are very different from Singaporeans. And there's all these like little nuances, but an, um, uh, someone, you know, who's an American might not understand those nuances and those differences, Yeah, you know? So, so then they do something that can like kind of blanket the whole thing and, and let's get Asian representation, all of these Asian actors. And it's a great thing that they did, but then people that are like, truly like I'm from Singapore, that movie takes place in Singapore. My mom was offended you know, she's like, Ugh, like, yeah, okay, that's like so whitewashed. Even to her, she was like, that's so whitewashed, you know? So they did the representation thing on the surface to make like people that are not Asian happy, which is like kind of funny. Um, but people that are like actually Singaporean or like actually Chinese are like, mm, yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense. So it didn't, it didn't get achieved on that level, but it did achieve some things on on Hollywood's level, yeah. So I just think it was just disconnected, and it's very we possible. shouldn't expect it. Yeah, like yeah. I wasn't surprised at the numbers. I didn't think they should make anything more or less. You know, I'm uh, looking at um, just out of curiosity. I was looking at the the highest grossing films in China, right? And mm. if you go through the list, I mean, the first just looking at the American films, right, that are on the list. So I'm just going to look at the top 30. Okay. Uh, it's really not, there's not a ton. I mean, it's, and it's mostly 
you know, well, whereas Disney with Star Wars and with their live action properties uh, that are not Marvel haven't really broken into that market. The Marvel films, though, for whatever reason, the last two did. Right. So Avengers Endgame is actually the fourth highest grossing American film in China. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, it's the fourth. I'm sorry. It's the fourth all time biggest film in China. It's the number one American film uh, in China. And then, but then you got to go down to number sixteen. Yeah, no, you go so from four, you go down to number twelve, which is the Fate of the Furious. Okay, before you get to another American film, and then Uh, yeah, Furious Seven was fifteen, Avengers: Infinity War sixteen, and then you get to Aquaman, which is twenty. Transformers Age of Extinction 21, Venom of, of all things 23. <laughs> oh I don't know how that uh Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom was 27 and then uh, that was it. I mean Transformers The Last Night was 31 and Zootopia which is one of the rare Disney animated films that actually pops up on this list. That was 32 and then Avengers Age of Ultron 34. And then again, it's basically Fast and the Furious. Oh, Spider-Man: Far From Home is thirty-nine. Uh, the Jurassic World movies, um, and uh, so basically the Jurassic Park, Jurassic World films, the Avengers movies, um, and the Fast and the Furious movies. I mean, those are the movies. Then the Transformers, which is not even so, so much an active franchise right now, like those are the movies that resonated. American films that resonated in China. Um, there are plenty though, if you look at the actual, cause I, I'm familiar with a number of the, the Chinese films that are on the list. Um, many of them are actually like what Mulan is, was trying to be, uh, you know, but like the authentic thing, right? Yeah, exactly. And so, and that's exactly. what resonates obviously in that market. Like they have so many movies of that style of that type of film in their own country that they're going to go to that you know as exactly a, that's like, not what they're looking for from an american film a hundred percent if you if you looked at all the films that you just named off they like our superhero like big blockbuster action films that's what they like to see probably with a and male cars. they like protagonist cars. Yeah. you know Mm. Um, just because of their culture, you know what I mean? And something like Mulan, like you're right. There's been, there's so many movies in China about like dynastic themes, sprawling, you know, um, backdrops of like where like fights and wars happen. Like there is so much of that. This is like a pin drop in the ocean, you know, like, and it's not done in the style of like hero, for example, you know, um, which was one of like the best films that have come out in that year. It's not like that. This film is is made for an American audience. Let's just simplify it. This film is made for an American audience. They tried to make money overseas. I don't know what they were expecting, but they're not going to get it. And it's also been plagued by a lot of controversy and a lot of boycotting 
Um, and I, I'm sure that has had something to do with, we don't know the numbers here yet, but I'm sure a lot of people have not purchased it on Disney plus because of the boycott. Cause we're so political now, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and for those of us that don't know, the boycott is because Mulan filmed in a part of China called the Xinjiang province. Um, where there is a huge Uyghur humanitarian crisis going on. Basically, there's like these, their Muslims um, are being held in like camps and they're, you know, being forced into labor and like um, re education camps and like stuff like that. Like the Chinese government is responsible for this. They're going to deny it and say that that's not what they're doing, but that is what they're doing. So Mulan filmed a part of the movie in this province and in the credits they thanked the province um for giving them permission to film there which is very customary for films to thank like the places that they filmed in um i think a lot of people don't know that most of the film was filmed in new zealand actually and this was just like a small percentage of the film personally i think if people are upset about the humanitarian crisis then don't boycott the film and all of like the people that worked on it and the actors that deserve the recognition, you know, cause it was just a li- like, this is a huge place and they filmed basically in like the mountains. They didn't film in a city where all of these like crises were going on. Like they filmed in a large sprawling place where they can have these like big battle scenes. Right. Um, if you're that concerned about the humanitarian crisis, you need to boycott Nike. You need to boycott Uniqlo. You need to boycott these brands that actually use these camps. Um, instead of a movie that filmed a tiny portion of their film there, you need to boycott Muji. You need to boycott H&M. You need to boycott Ikea. You know, these are people that use cotton and and items that these camps and these uh, factories that are inside the camps produce. That's a more direct boycott. That that just that whole entire thing angered me because a big portion of the film was filmed in New Zealand and it's customary to thank the Chinese government for filming there because you're not dealing with a democracy, you're dealing with a communist government. You're going to have to give thanks, you're yeah. going to have to ask for permission. It's very different. I actually think it's pretty so. customary regardless, right? I mean, it, it, even when they shoot a film on location in in New York City, they they thank like municipalities like in New York and they'll thank the government mm-hmm. officials, yeah, the unions that are involved in the to. filming. I mean, that's not that's just something that you do and I I mean I I was made aware of this a couple of well a couple of days before we had spoken about it for the first time which is about a few days ago now um I didn't really know any of this and I've seen a couple of articles about it and I don't even really know how big the the boycott movement on this actually became because I I've, I've been pretty much away from social media or more so Twitter than anything else which is where a lot of this stuff gains its juice from so I don't really know how big of an effect it had um, I didn't really see much about it in like a lot of the mainstream like media that I was looking at. Um, I did see, I think Variety wound up having a piece on it. Um, a couple other places had some things about it. So I, again, we'll find out. I mean, we'll, um, I mean, look, this is the way things go now, right? I mean, there's a lot of that selective, 
um, you know, activism and stuff like that, that, that people will try to apply for. And it, it tends to happen a lot when it comes to like movies and music and TV and stuff. Um, but we'll see what, what the results were. Um, again, the Disney's going to release the numbers at some point. And, um, right. and I think it's going to, I think the numbers will be fine. Cause I don't think a lot of people were even aware of like any of this stuff. I mean, I know All that, that stuff. yeah, I mean, I know that the people that talk to me about Mulan, uh, you, you know, they didn't, they, nobody mentioned this. Nobody mentioned that. Like nobody was like, Hey, did you know that Mulan's, I heard they're being, it's being boycotted and all oh, that stuff. Really? So, I've yeah. had the opposite experience. Hmm. I've had people asking me, Oh, are you going to watch that movie? Because I'm not going to watch that movie either because of, um, the fact that a tiny portion was filmed in that province. Now you have to think also like, it's not like they film next to whatever camp they're in. Like it's, it's, it's a huge piece of land and province, you know? Um, so it was either because of that or what the actress said online, which I think was the bigger issue that kind of eclipsed this whole filming in this province area, Mm. because that only came out after people saw the end credits. So that whole thing only came out after it aired. Right. Right. And then the the third thing you had an issue, a problem with was, um, the, um, what you might call it, the, the bootleg stuff. I already had like two people that were like, Oh, I have a bootleg version, you know? <laughs> well that we knew that was going to happen. I mean, that's what happens when you, you know, that, so that's the one downside. So that's where, if you're a studio like Warner brothers, you know, it, it may not be the worst idea in the world to, to try to wait, to go, you know, theater only for your releases, because that's the downside. You run that risk when you release stuff straight to video on demand of having high quality, high definition, um, you know, bootleg uh, copies of that movie available almost immediately because it's it's right. so much easier to to do that. It's like an HD rip of that that uh, that film, and it'll just start to circulate like crazy. It's not like you know waiting for you know the guy who's in the theater to you know with his camera and the you know they get the direct audio from the the thing there, and you, you try to wait for the best copy. Like you'll immediately have, and I, I'm I. It's been a very long time since I've. I've dabbled in any of that stuff, but I, I would imagine sure. that like there were a ton of high quality copies of Mulan floating. Oh around. yeah. Um, yeah. So, so this, this whole movie has been plagued with issues, you know? Um, I haven't seen it. I'm going to wait till December. I was actually going to buy it. And then I changed my mind after I heard that we'll get it in December because yeah. I can I can wait two months. Sure. You know, I'm not desperate. Yeah, um, do you think, so, yeah. I mean, do you think here too, just given some of the uh, – I know this is – we're not we're not trying to go down the political road. Do you think some of the rhetoric here would, would have probably um, – because it's a Chinese movie, a Chinese character, and we've got, you know, folks talking about – Kind of pinning the blame on the coronavirus on China? No, I don't think so. I really don't think so. I think think people here are more upset um, over her comments supporting Hong Kong police. And, like, literally, I've had several people tell me that, like, I I put something on Instagram, and they're like, I was like, who's going to buy Mulan, right? Like, 
this was like, I don't know, a month ago when we started talking about it, when we were talking about the twenty nine ninety nine price. And I put it on Instagram, kind of like put a poll out there. And I've had several people message me responding to that poll saying, I'm not going to support that movie because of her comments supporting police. Mm. And I was like, what? I was like, what comments? I didn't know. So I looked it up. Um, and she, she uh, Lu Fei, she basically said that she supports Hong Kong police. So people took that. I mean, you can infer if she supports the police, she doesn't support the protesters who are protesting for, you know, a lot of things and, and their freedom of expression. And, and they were protesting against, like, these harsh security laws and, and whatnot. Doesn't she live in China? She lives in China, right? So of course, my, you're going to say you so support the police. So my point is, do you know? <laughs> yeah, do you know how many people disappear off the face of the earth by saying something against the Chinese government? She doesn't live in America. She doesn't live in a democracy. There is no freedom of speech. She has to say that right. she supports China because her life is at stake. Yeah. People don't understand that. Not everywhere in the world is like America. I actually have a friend who's in the movie um, and I like a lot of the other actors in the movie and I know the movie has great representation um, amongst all types of Asian people and I know there are a lot of other people in the movie besides the main girl who's from China, you know? So you can support that movie in other ways if you don't agree with her support for police. Um, because she has to say that, you know, and I think this whole thing has been politicized and it's very unfortunate, uh, that it has. And I think a lot of it is kind of unwarranted, but it is a result of the political environment that we're in right now. And the, the, is this a word, the binaryism? that yes. the world is in it's like it's either like you have to choose one or the other like there is no gray area anymore like mm -hmm. you have to choose black or white you have to hate or love you have to like or dislike there is no gray area where it's like well yeah she said this but like you understand like she has to say that otherwise like she can disappear she mm -hmm. can you know um there isn't any of that so Whatever. I'm going to see this in December, but like if people are really upset about where it's filmed, then you need to boycott your H&M, your Ikea, your Uniqlo, you know, and all that stuff. You need to find out where your cotton is coming from and you, you need to boycott those companies because those are companies that are directly exploiting those workers, not someone that stepped foot on their land and spent like a couple of days filming a fight scene, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. ironically, ironically... Disney was considering like pulling there was like something um not that long ago but like Georgia I don't know if you guys know but like I think this was like last summer Georgia like passed a bill into into law that was like banning or abortions after six weeks oh yeah, yeah I remember this and then all yeah. of the studios were like Meh, we ain't filming in Georgia anymore Right. And like Disney was one of them that was like, well, you know, we're going to we're going to watch this closely. And like, I think eventually, I don't know, they like they like said it was it was very difficult to film if like that law went into effect. And, you know, Avengers Endgame, like part of it was filmed in Georgia. I mean, almost, you know? almost every Disney film um, 
was filmed in was filmed in Georgia. Yeah. So then, like, like all of the Marvel films were were filmed in Georgia. Right. So then, ironically, they kind of took a similar stance like this, but Georgia, this bill affected like all of Georgia. I I think there is a difference with like you stepping foot in a province, which I don't know how big it is. Um, It's not like the whole province is a labor camp, you know, it's like you're in the wilderness, you know, you're in mountains and desert and then you're filming this like huge army scene. And then the rest of like the dialogue scenes are filmed in New Zealand on like sets. Right. So there is a difference. Um, but people don't seem to understand that there's a difference because everyone likes things to be given to them and told to them in little pretty packaged boxes that they can retweet and reshare so that it's nice and simple explanation for you, whether it's like true or false. And I just have a huge issue with anyone that cannot critically think for themselves. So I think that's the most aggressive I've ever been on a subject. But uh, yeah, I encourage critical thinking. And that's what I'll have to say about Mulan. All right. Well, <laughs> So, uh, I guess there's another film that's uh, going to be coming out. Like, how do you segue from that? Yeah, there's going to be another. You guys, you guys are you guys are very passionate about Ray Fisher. I was very passionate. Oh no, no, no! I ain't passionate about Ray. I'm Fisher. not. Yeah, I'm pretty much exhausted with Ray Fisher. Um, I, well, you know what? Now we can talk about Dune in a second, but. Uh, yeah, so just for, quickly, for those of you who are waiting for our thoughts and opinions on the whole Ray Fisher thing, um, I'm pretty much tired of it. Um, <laughs> I will, at this point, wait to see just how this whole thing ends up. Uh, yeah. Is there, there's an investigation, um, maybe he's gonna be a part of it, maybe he isn't, um, we're not sure what's really going on, you know, we got his side of the story, we have Warner Brothers' side of the story, I'm sure the truth is somewhere in the middle. Um, but, you know, at this point, I mean, he's he's rallying the troops and he's getting his little hashtag movement going. And, you know, I would I would hope that, you know, the receipts that he says he has and all the proof that he says he has and all this stuff. Hopefully, it you know, if this stuff is really that bad, then it does result in some positive stuff uh, for his sake, too, you know, because he's throwing out a lot of kind of vague um vague statements uh i can't even say accusations really because it's hard to i mean some of it's been accusations but some of it's just been like vague references to things um but you know i mean he's kind of got walter hamada involved now in this and uh you know we'll see where this thing goes uh i mean jason momoa did i guess tweet out or retweet whatever the hashtag i that i stand with ray, I fisher. Stand with ray fisher so yeah. that was kind of the first acknowledgement at least to my knowledge uh that we've gotten well, yeah, from anyone else the woman who plays iris west right uh in the snyder cut same thing okay yeah. so we're yeah, starting to see a little bit of that now uh as he's made more noise um sure so you know we'll, we'll see i mean look there's there's a lot of people not talking and we'll we'll see if this investigation does, you know, actually become a thing. Will they talk? Because you would you would think that they would have to, right? For the for the investigation to have any teeth to it, it can't just mm-hmm. be his word against everybody else, right? Or his word 
and you know and and nobody else involved i mean especially since he kind of he he was really almost speaking for the whole cast right for the production uh with the things that he was saying in some ways i mean some of it is his personal stuff uh that he mm-hmm. had with jeff johns but a lot of this the, you know the treatment of on the set and all that stuff that references other people as well so i would think for the invest with the exception of his personal stuff that he dealt with uh, for this investigation to really have any kind of merit, you would have to get other people talking, even if it's not publicly. Uh, so we'll we'll see. We'll just let this whole thing play out and and see what uh, what the end result is before uh, before we really get too deep into it. Mm. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. I. I am on his side, I think. I think the more I see what's unfolding, you know, I'm just curious to see what else is going to come of it. It's 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 nice to finally see some other people, you know, standing with him. And um, I really hope that it is, like I said in the past, I really hope that it is a substantial issue and not something that's like, oh, I didn't like the way you know, he spoke to me. Right. Um, but I also don't think someone would kind of like risk their whole career and like spend all this time and like throw everything away just because someone was being like an asshole on set. So I think he has something there. I mean, you, I mean, yeah, he's got a bunch of stuff. I'm just kind of catching up on. He was talking about, you know, how his barber. Oh, I didn't hear this. Yeah. He's like, my barber, Ween, was not credited in any capacity for his work on the theatrical version of Justice League. Mm-hmm. He's like, he worked with us for the entire principal photography process and the majority of the reshoots. Zack Snyder was shocked that Ween wasn't credited in the theatrical version and assured me that Ween would absolutely be given credit in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh-huh. It's not just about the movie. These things go deeper than artistic aesthetic. Okay. <laughs> Wait, Sorry, man. don't laugh at that. Well, well, but I'm, I don't get it. Like, I don't get it. Like, what if you worked on a film for like ever, and then you didn't get a credit for it? So, so here's the thing. Like, my my sister in law did makeup mm-hmm. for a while, um, in Hollywood. You know, like smaller stuff. Did she get a credit all the time that she was working? When but she this was some- is not small stuff. I, I get that, but there's I, I don't know. This is big, and this can change someone's career. To have that, to have that credit and yes. that on your resume can it's open be- so many other doors. I mean, listen, it's 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 nothing for the editor to put one to put two lines, x x x y z name barber. Did right. did everybody else's barbers get credited in the film in the theatrical version of the film? I have no idea. I mean that is a good point, but regardless, if you worked on the film, maybe like, they did. You get, you I mean, get I don't credit. know. You you have to be put uh, on the credits. Yeah. You, I mean, you should. The makeup department, like everyone. Um, well, but is it? But, so I, I get. It. I guess we'll have to figure it out. I mean, I didn't see what you just said. Is the first I've heard about the whole barber thing. But like, you know, he says his barber. Is it literally like his barber, or was it like? Like, was this a guy working on set that the studio hired? Like, is that 
paycheck or was that like yeah. Bray saying like, hey, I'm going to pay you on the side if you just keep my shape up clean? Right. That's right. different because yeah. they don't need to put his name in the credits if that's like right. are taken care of. That's like me bringing my mom to set and being like, oh, my mom only knows how to tie my shoelaces. Um, but my mom's not going to do She's just going to accompany me because she's with me. And do you have to be a part of an association or union or anything like that to get to get you? Yeah. So I mean, come. I mean. Yeah. Again, so there's there's that thing. So it's like we're taking it black and white. That's vagueness. Like you can argue for it both ways. Yeah. And 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 be correct. I don't know why we're talking about this. The vagueness. So (laughs) I know. I know. Ah, this is so. It's. It's all gonna. To light it's all gonna come to light yeah it's all gonna co- <laughs> demand the <laughs> instead of the snyder cut we're gonna demand well that's what's ha- that's i mean truth be told that's kind of what's happening fisher doctrine <laughs> or like you know for truth <laughs> i just i you know what at the end of all this i need like uh i need like an in-depth documentary on documentary <laughs> on this whole justice league thing because for a movie in 2017, that didn't do jack shit. It's caused so much drama. Oh like, my God, so God. much drama. Well, but part of that is just because it's fascinating. Like, look, even I I've mean, admitted, we like, train wrecks. yeah, I mean, it's not train even the, the train wreck, not so much, but yeah, like, just this type of stuff, um, is something like I eat up usually. Like, I would read this book, I would watch this documentary. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, we've, we've kind of lived it like in real time so it's not it wouldn't be as fascinating to watch because we you know like when things like you know the superman lives um the death of superman lives documentary like that was stuff we didn't really know much about like we kind of knew that there was like a a nicholas cage superman movie that tim burton was making but like and then it just never happened right that was all we knew so to watch that you're like wow this is fascinating how this stuff like kind of fell apart and all this stuff but like whereas this thing we kind of lived it and you know we've started our podcast in the middle of it and so we've talked a lot about it so while i still do find it fascinating i'm a little i I do find it a little exhausting at this point Um, and i'm glad we're getting this the Zack snyder's justice league um and i'll watch it and i'll i'll appreciate it for whether I like the movie or not, I'll appreciate what it is because I, I, I like alternate cuts and director's cuts and original cuts and all of that stuff. I've seen them all, like right? Cuts. The Donner cut, the, no, don't like paper cuts, especially when you, in a time where we're using a lot of hand sanitizer and that's the worst way to find out you have a paper cut. <laughs> so, but but I've watched the Donner yeah. cut. I've watched, you know, the producer's cut of Halloween 6. You know, stuff like that I've always found fascinating. So, I'm happy that at least that part exists. But, man, yeah, this other stuff. Uh, and now we're, you know, talking about the barber. And, I mean, it's just like. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, like we said last week and like the week before there's not much in like concrete information that we've been told to go by. So unfortunately our imaginations kind of take hold depending on our life experiences. Right. So then like we naturally just 
inclinate towards one direction or the other, you know, just based on like other situations that we've been in before. So I think about the situation differently than you guys think about the situation because I'm going to be more like biased towards certain things. But the point is that we are filling the extra blanks that Mm -hmm. either side is not filling out for us because it's, it is under an investigation. So, um, we're going to see what comes out of this and it's gonna, I hope it makes a ripple. Like, like I said, if there is something, if there was something bad that happened and, and a business practice or, or someone like stepped out of line or did something they weren't supposed to do, then good. Mm-hmm. Let's hold them accountable. You know, let's see that that's that's all we could do but the vagueness and like us not knowing like what it like what exactly is the accusation or like what is happening um that doesn't help people talk about the matter and kind of like evaluate the matter so so it is good that you have some people like jason momoa come out and say i stand with ray fisher because you know that person was on set with him you know, you know that person was part of the film. You know that person is part of that entity. So, like, at least he's giving him confidence and saying, like, hey, I support what you're saying. Um, so that's a good sign. I think that's a really good sign. Yeah, and, I mean, as far as, and we've been talking about this, the the whole thing with, you know, with his barber. Um, you know, and as far <laughs> as that part goes, I mean, the, the reality is, you know, kind of joking aside, um, you know, if the man... Uh, truly did work on you know if he was on set right and he was you know part of the team they said you know it's because i'm reading about it now as as we're talking because like i said i hadn't it was the first i had heard about it for like eight months like he says then yeah he absolutely should have been credited and why he wouldn't have been you know i guess that's all part of this whole thing um, but you know, again, we don't know. I mean, that's why I say like, was he actually on set? Was he part of the production or was he like, it's his barber and he was just going to him, you know, uh, for time. Cause I guess that's where that, that gray area happens. But, uh, I mean, look, if the guy was on set and he was working, uh, on the production, yeah, of course you, he, he should absolutely be credited. And, and I could see where that would be, uh, would have been an issue. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, who knows what else we'll find out? I, I you know, I, I guess some of this stuff will start to to come out, and um, you know, the one thing I do know is that the guy he Ray Fisher clearly believes in this. He v- clearly feels strongly about a lot of this stuff, and uh, you know, and we'll we'll have to see where it ends up. So, so that's our political segment for this mm-hmm. podcast. <laughs> And we will never be political again. No. Until the next episode. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, all right. What else? So, um, so anyway, what we were originally going to talk about is Dune. Dune uh, trailer came yeah. out. That's another movie that releases on uh, December eighteenth. Um. Uh. So the week before Christmas, the week before Wonder Woman. Now, and Dune <laughs> is not a property that I I have ever. As even as someone who's been like a fan of sci-fi and stuff, like I've, Dune is never something that's resonated with me. Uh, but this trailer looks exciting, and the cast looks exciting, and uh, Denis Villeneuve is directing it, um, mm-hmm. so that's exciting. And uh, I mean, there's a lot of people in this movie. 
Um, yep. You know, so uh yeah it was I mean, stunning i mean it was a stunning trailer like nearly three minutes long um and yeah De- i mean denny villeneuve that's all that's all you have to say to me and i'm like i'm in it i'm into it and i'm the same way I, i'm not really a um uh I, i've never seen dune the original i've never read any of the books um i probably will end up catching the first film um and then see see where it goes from there. But yeah, this this movie just looks amazing. So I'm 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 all for it. But again, I ain't going to the theater. So we'll <laughs> we'll see how that, that works. <laughs> it looks beautiful. Um, yeah. The cinematography looks gorgeous. I wonder who's the cinematographer. Do we know? Oh, I'm not sure. Um, I have to see. I have to see who it is. Uh, and and it's. It's uh, it's gonna come out in December, right? Yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah. I mean, it looks uh, like I said, it looks great, but no, nah, I ain't. Uh... I love Timothy Chalamet. Yep, uh, he's in it, obviously, along with uh, Zendaya and Rebecca. Uh, Zendaya, Fer- yeah. Yeah, Rebecca Ferguson, Oscar Isaac, Jason Momoa, Dave Bautista. Stellan Skarsgård, yeah, Javier Bardem, Josh it's Brolin. It's got a great cast. Um, I'm trying to see who the cinematographer is because it lo- it just looks so beautiful. Let me see. Um, but yeah, but it's it's got a great cast. I don't really know the story either. Um, I was kind of like caught surprised by the trailer, but. Hey, I'll go see it. Yeah. Cinematographer yeah. Greg Frazier. Yeah, who has um, worked on Rogue One. He worked on The Mandalorian. Uh, so he mm. comes from the Star Wars uh, universe. Mm. And the Batman. Oh, word? Yeah. I'm looking at his um, IMDb right now. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just uh, okay. Okay, and like I said, Denny Denny Villeneuve, like he's he makes some visually stunning films. Um, so I'm on board for all of that, but we'll see what happens. Probably get pushed into 2021. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Don't yeah. believe the first release date you see. Yeah, because... seriously. Ugh. Listen, guys, like we've already been at this this whole year you know flatten the curve from two weeks turned into like six months hopefully by december we're gonna be okay (laughs) i really hope so um but you know some people are predicting that it's gonna be a several years type of situation and you know if that's the case then um we'll embrace video on demand and we'll have to adapt because that's what we do. Hmm. Word. You know, and <laughs> don't build your career as an actor. Because <laughs> it's really hard right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, freaking Batman got COVID. Yes, he did. What the heck? And, uh, but it, it looks like they are um, resuming production, though, I think this like, coming week, week, right? So yeah. good news uh, for everyone. So that means that clearly there was not a major outbreak on set. 
Uh, so uh, they gave it a couple of weeks and now back on track. And uh, we're all excited about that. And also the Mandalorian. We just kind of mentioned yes. it briefly. They Mandalorian is back. Was it October 30th? October 30th. My is son's the first date? birthday. There you go. Perfect. They did yeah, that I'm just trying, for I'm you. Trying to convince, uh, I'm trying to convince Jess to, to let him, like, to get him to dress up as the child. Oh, that would be oh, amazing! That's so cute. And, and I'll uh, and I'll dress up as the mandal as the fat Talorian. How's that? <laughs> How's that working out for you? How's the? Uh... Yeah, she's like, no, we're not doing. She's no. like, maybe we'll dress him up as a pumpkin. I'm like, what? No. My daughter's my daughter's uh, my da- my daughter's first Halloween. She dressed up as a hot dog. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Hated every moment of it. <laughs> hilarious yeah, yeah it's like the stupid shit you put your kid in because you're like because then you know after a couple of years and they picked their own thing was she like enthusiastic about being a hot dog though because no, I was she was down. so young she was oh. like she was only a couple of months old um she hated the first then the second time her second halloween she dressed up as yoda i had control over that one <laughs> um and then she dressed up as uh, as Wonder Woman. That was her choice mm-hmm. at uh, at two. Um, and then last year she couldn't decide. She wanted to be Elsa, so she's got like an Elsa wig, which she occasionally you'll just see her come downstairs and be like, "I'm Elsa today." You're like, "All right." Um, but she, we got her a costume. She wore it once, and then was like, "I'm gonna be Princess Minnie," and she got a mini. She had a mini princess dress that she went trick-or-treating in last year and it sucks because this year there's there'll likely not be any no and halloween parade has been canceled in new york you're not not gonna have that yeah yeah Yeah, so we'll just do a little birthday shindig for my son so order a lot of candy to the house no we're just gonna say it's canceled (laughs) and they uh so they did release some pictures, though. I know you've been anxiously anticipating something, right, from this. And there was no, there was nothing. Footage. It just looked like shots from season one. Right, so yeah. oh. we're not, they're not, they didn't give us anything. It's, so look, and they're they're great shots, but it's the same crew, right? Um, you got Mando, you got the child, you've got the uh, Cara Dune, and you've got I don't even know what uh, Carl Weathers' character's name is. Um, all in the shots, and they're all like posing and doing their thing. I'm like, there ain't no trailer, no teaser, right? There's nothing really new in the photos, so just give me, the, just let's just do it. Give me season two already. Let's right. start this thing. Yeah, so. yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be good. Um, did you guys watch the boys? Hell yeah, I did. Are you all caught up? Like with I am the caught recent up. episode this Friday. What do you think? Damn craziness i mean i i legit if there wasn't like i've said a couple i think i've maybe i did maybe i haven't no um, we haven't I, talked about the boys i hate homelander man do i hate homelander yeah like creepy, and, and i right? really and i don't like i don't like stormfront either but homelander like the actor who is homelander like the dude deserves an emmy mm. Mm. because Mm-hmm. I legit think that he's probably one of the most hated people ever. Like, I just, I cannot stand, like, he's so creepy. He's so good. Um, I'm like, are you really an asshole in real life? Because you do it so well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and he, you know, he's, he's so, he's just so good. Like, the way he can kind of flip, you don't really know. He's like a psycho 
goes from like looking emotional to like literally like I'm gonna like stick my fingers into your abdomen. Oh my god, I know. Um what's the actor's name? Anthony Starr. That's his name. Yeah. You know, you know, you know what's one metaphor I'd love in the show, and I don't know if you guys like caught on to it, but I'd love the um the milk metaphor. Mm-hmm. And like how he likes to drink milk because it's like so all American, but they make it such like a dirty thing, like a disgusting thing that he does. And I just thought that was there's ways to drink milk, and then there's the ways he drinks milk, and it's it's not disgusting. I love I love that element of it. Like I feel like anytime someone makes something. Like that's so specific to a character, but then it kind of suggests this like broader theme of like I'm all American, like milk is all American, and I'm Homelander, and you tie it all together. That's just like genius. That's brilliance. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah he, he's so good. And then Stormfront is also, I mean, the whole the whole show is just is really good. You know, I it, it I feel like the first episode took a little bit to kind of get into yeah like you know you kind of gotta grease the wheels a little bit more um but once it once you get to episode three yeah it just rockets off i could do without the deep i don't like that story i, I, I actually i think it's hilarious Mm-mm. i think the no. deep thing is so funny yeah it's that that's one of those um Storylines when you're when you're uh, watching the show and you just get well, at least for me, uh, I get reminded it's like oh that's right this is a Garth Ennis story because uh, he's my favorite comic book writer ever, um, and this is the type of stuff that he does like these just over the top, just completely, you know crazy characters like it's such a oh, trademark of his and it's mm-hmm. nice to be able to see that because it's it's really what what preacher because he also created preacher which is still to this day the greatest anything that i've ever read in my life and that show i think missed the boat on capturing the feel of the characters and um but this show is nailing that it's it's really giving you that vibe of like it just feels like a garth in his story on television which is really cool, even with the changes that they've made to some of the characters and the, the storylines yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, it's it, it it like going back to the thing with the deep. Like when he pops up, and they they literally, and spoiler alert, they like drive the the boat right in into the whale. Yeah, I, I don't think I've laughed that hard in my life. <laughs> I hated that part. My, I, boyfriend, I my boyfriend was like, "That is so sick." I was like, "That is," and and like and like <laughs> Huey, like Huey's just laying there, you know, blood gushing all over his face, and 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 the thing's heartbeat is still going. Spoiler alert, guys! Yeah, oh my just, god, it was so good. He's just like sitting, like he's just sitting in there. He's like, just he's like, not even leaving. Let's just file this into PTSD. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> I'll just sit in here for a little while. Yeah. Yeah, it was um It's it good. Was... I'm I'm so happy we have that show right now because it's it's been a while that mm-hmm. um we've had something. I'm finishing Sons of Anarchy. I just started season 7 episode 1. 
mm-hmm. last week. So I'm on the final season. So I'm finishing that. I got the boys. Um, I started watching Indian matchmaking and this whole, <laughs> this other show on Netflix called Home Edit, which is all about like organizing your house. Binge those. So mm-hmm. it's it's a good September, guys. Wow. There you go. Yeah. All right. That's the only other thing. I mean, no, and I, I started watching um, uh, the Book of Power, Ghost, which is. Fun. Oh, on Stars. Yeah. I don't have Stars. It's fine. Oh, is that what people were talking about the other day? Yeah. I heard a conversation going on, and I had no idea what they were talking about. I heard Ghost, and I heard it. I was like, wow, this. And at first, it sounded like they were talking about like a sci-fi show. And then then it makes sense. Yeah, that's got it. Because I'm not familiar with that universe at all. (laughs) So. (laughs) It's it's been off of a show. Yeah. The show is Power, right? Yeah, the show Power. That's right. Mm. The only thing I know about Power is that um, it got me six months of um, of stars for like 50 mm. cents a month. Oh, interesting. Um, because I guess when the – I don't know how – the second season was ready to premiere, uh, they had like a discount. And it was like mm. you can get it for 50 cents a month for six months and I jumped all over it. So that was oh. – yeah, that was really the only – thing i know about it i do know a, a few people that watch it though so and they love you it. know i really really want to get cinemax for warrior season two ah um, oh, you don't know what warrior is warrior is based on uh bruce lee idea or kind of like this like treatment that he had for a tv series back when he was alive yeah Mm. um and he never got it done just because you know of like that time and um his daughter found it in like one of a like a million boxes that she was like unpacking of like his belongings and stuff and she read it and she was like i need to make this for my dad um, and she, oh, you know, Shannon Lee, like got it together. Um, and Cinemax took it over, took the project and, um, my friend Perry is on it. Uh, it's a great show, but I've never owned or had a subscription <clears throat> to Cinemax, but season two is coming out. So mm. I really, really want to watch it. Like if you want to talk about like proper Asian representation or whatever, like these are the shows that you need to watch, you know? Right. Yeah. So, and also, yeah. um, Justin Lin is also an executive producer on that, along with yeah. Sam Lee. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's really good. Yeah. So I guess that's about it. Uh, yeah, let's let's wrap it up. Yeah. So uh, of course you can go to thefanboygarage.com and check out our merch store and our episodes, and of course you can join in on this conversation, continue it. Uh, end it, whatever you want to do with it. You can do that on the social medias, the Twitter, the Instagrams, the Facebook at the Fanboy Garage. Uh, me, Twitter, Real CL Mighty. Um, you guys can find me at banana underscore TFG. And you can find me on Twitter at AA Ron Speaks. That is A underscore A underscore Ron Speaks. Thank you so much again for listening to episode 112 of the Fanboy Garage. We will check you guys next week. 
Peace out. You're listening to the Fanboy Garage Podcast.